Hi, I'm Mick Cronin and this is Watch Your Cause, a podcast in which I interview a variety of guests about a cause that is close to them, something they feel passionate about. I want to start conversations that educate, inspire and shine a light on causes around the globe that can or are having a significant social impact. But here's the kicker. Each guest will nominate the next and become a chain that will lead from my very first guest to my last and ultimate guest of season one, Barack Obama. Got your attention? Todd, am I? Welcome to episode six of What's Your Cause. In the last episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Ziad Ahmed. Um, and what an inspiring uh, young man he is doing incredible things in the world. Um, and he nominated Lewis Carr. So Lewis is the president of Media Sales for BET Network. He just recently was inducted into the Advertising Hall of Fame, um, which says everything you need to know about this gentleman. He is an absolute pioneer and massively regarded in his uh, in his field. He's a podcast host and producer. He is also a motivational speaker. He's an author of two books, philanthropist, um, and also has a Lewis Carr Foundation in which he um, supports people of colour into internships as well. So this man is very inspiring the conversation that I had with him um, was amazing um, and he brings so much wisdom and warmth um, to everything he everything he talks about as well so I ain't going to say much more than that because uh, let's just get into it and here is episode 6 of What's Your Cause with Lewis Carr So Lewis Kerr, welcome to Watch Your Cause podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, you um, were nominated by Ziad Ahmed, an incredibly impressive young man, and uh, he felt that um, you know me and you should have a chat, and uh, you have uh, some great causes or one cause to, that you want to speak about. So I don't really waste around here, Lewis. So uh, with that, Lewis Kerr, what's your cause? My cause is to help people wherever they are, whatever level they are on, get to the next level. So whether that is through education, whether that is through knowledge, whether that through employment, I want to help people get to the next level. I want to be their waymaker. Can you just explain waymaker and what it means to you and what it means to others? Uh, waymaker to me is someone who provides a way, someone who sees something in you that you don't see in yourself and helps you achieve that with no expectations for a return on their investment. I take it that you have had your share of waymakers in your life. I've had 19 waymakers in my life. 19. Well, you, you keep a number, eh? I do. Uh, the reason I know that number is because I went back through my life and found 19 people who today I still don't understand why they did what they did. But that action that they took changed my life forever. What do you feel that it is to be a waymaker? What are it? How do you become a waymaker? Is it just something that you naturally have in, or is it is it something that you can also build into? I think people become waymakers because everybody's had one. Yeah, true. Everybody's had one. Uh, it could be your parents. It could be a teacher. It could be a professor. It could be a neighbor. It could be a coach. 
We've all had waymakers. Someone who looks at you and looks deep inside and sees something that probably you don't see and they make a decision to help you achieve that. Someone who basically says, you can be great, you can be better, you can do this, and they help you believe and help you achieve. It's Just listening to this, it's really interesting because if you say to someone, hey, have a think about who your waymakers are, and I love what you just did, how, how broad you made that, because I think people just come straight in going, okay, let me think business, let me think who's that, who's that big person that, that had that real big change, and I'm going to be honest, when you, I've listened to your, your podcast, which you can talk about a little bit as well, and, and you, I listened to the episode where you spoke about Waymakers, and I was out walking, and I was thinking, who are my Waymakers? And it was interesting. I went straight to business, and I went straight to, you know, that. So I love the fact that you've, you've mentioned it, that it, it, it can be anyone in your life that has just had an impact in a moment or has saw something different in you that you maybe haven't seen in your moment. It's really important, really important. If you look at some of your waymakers, would yes. you could you share some um, some of the, the the waymakers for you that were really important? Sure, uh, I had a coach in high school who got upset at me and said, "Lewis, I need you to decide today whether you're gonna just be good or you're gonna be great." I at that moment I never thought that being great was up to me. You either lucky or you're not lucky. And I asked the question, what the people who are great do that the people who are just good don't do? And he said, with that question, you've answered my question that you want to be great. Change my life. I, I have the power. I have the ability to be great. I just thought you got lucky. That was one. Uh, my mother constantly telling me, Son, you're special. You're going to do great things. Son, you're special. Son, you're special. I hated it all the time. She just drilled that into me. And to a point that over a period of time, you start thinking about it. Can I be special? Do I want to be special? Do I want to be different? I mean, I think when you, when I think about my waymakers, they made me think that things were possible and then gave me recipes, roadmaps, blueprints to how I could achieve them. So those are the people in my life. Uh, I had a neighbor who used to always tell me, Lewis, be careful because we're proud of you. You're gonna be the special person from this neighborhood that's gonna make something out of yourself. And when you're young, you kind of go like, oh, you know, like, oh, I don't wanna be special. I wanna be with the group. You know, I, I wanna be part of the crowd. But when people continue to tell you that, you have to start thinking, maybe they know something that I don't know. Uh, and did you feel like you, you feel pressure? Like if you can oh, reflect. Absolutely. When, when, yeah, because I'm just thinking like you got your neighbor saying you're special and you're thinking, well, geez, I better be special. What's how, how am I special? And did you, question, did you question yourself like, how am I special? You know, like and, and if you hear that enough, special can be different 
um, as you say, and can be a bit like overwhelming because, you know, you want to just hide in the shadow sometimes or just, as you say, fit in. So how did you manage that? How do you how do you manage that pressure? Because people start to then make you believe that you are special and usually special comes in the form of leadership. Right. You become the guy or the girl that people want to go to and ask questions and get advice. And, you know, they want you to sort of help guide their path. So you become sort of like a way maker for them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. When did you really like, you know, this, you talk Waymaker, okay? And when you've talked about when you were younger and, and people have, you know, looked at you and invested in you and given you this really great kind of, you know, commentary and feedback and, and, and said you're special and everything else like that. But when was it that you really realized that these 19 people had been Waymakers? Like, obviously, along the way, you know, they're doing things for you. But the whole concept of Waymaker, when did that really kind of resonate with you and kind of, you know, you sat back and went, okay, I'm going to list these names because you got a, you got a number, you know what I mean, and you've really that means that you've taken your time to like think about this and list these people that have had these effect on you. When I wrote a book called Dirty Little Secret, that's when it came to me, because and and I wrote this book basically as every ordinary person can do extraordinary things. That's a dirty little secret, because people believe that in order to be extraordinary. You've got to be extraordinary. I mean, you just can't be an ordinary person that just happens to do extraordinary things. So I wrote this book to give people knowledge that they are the dirty little secrets, which is knowledge, understanding, relationships, information that normal, ordinary people can have that gives them the tools to do extraordinary things. And I thought back to how did I learn this? Oh, it was a way maker. How did I do that? Oh, it was a way maker. How did I achieve this? It was a way maker. How did I get these jobs? It was a way maker. How did I achieve this position? It was a way maker. So no one, when people say I pull myself up by my bootstraps, the question is, who gave you the boots? <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love that. I absolutely you love weren't that. born with them boots on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love that. Yeah, because it's they're really go-to comments, aren't they, and sayings. Like, people, are, people sometimes are very, um, you know, people can be very afraid sometimes to, to put themselves out or to say anything else. And they kind of, as I say, you keep reverting back to the, to, the, to the standard kind of statements and comments, you know what I mean? And you hide from a bit of success and you hide from, as you say, being that special. You're not afraid to put your foot out, you know? Um, you obviously, I, I've listened to your podcast, um, Disclosure. I've listened to your Waymaker podcast and I absolutely love it. Um, and, I, and I know you're a humble man, but I know a lot of people in that podcast, Lewis, they say you're them way maker. I've, I've noticed that too, my friend, that, yeah, they've, they've said that about you. Um, what are the, how do you, like, what, what do you do in your day that is just every day? How can you just be that way maker without really, you know, having to focus too much on it, but just be there, be that way maker? I think once a person realizes 
that they've had waymakers in their own life. This internal urge says, I've got to do it for somebody else. I didn't work for a waymaker. I didn't ask for a waymaker. I didn't know I needed a waymaker. They knew I needed a waymaker and they showed up. So I think once you realize, wow, wow, I got to do that for somebody now. It's almost like they say paying it forward, okay? Because it was paid to me, now I got to pay it forward. And I think that's how it becomes part of your sort of everyday life and everyday journey where you see that you can help someone or you can uh, make a change in someone's life or in someone's career. And so you just feel that urge like, I need to do that. Is that the, was that kind of the motivation behind your book um, at that time was how you can pay it forward? How you can pay it forward, you know, because everyone thinks that successful people are this extraordinary special person. Some may be, but for me, uh, I just think I'm an ordinary person that got some great breaks in life and great opportunities to achieve something. Uh, you know, when you see someone who's sort of down and out, it could have been me, could have been any of us, all right? But it's not, and why is that? So you have to have that gratefulness, uh, thankfulness, appreciation, understanding. Uh, you know, a question that, uh, I asked a minister uh, here in Chicago when I first started going to his church, I said, can I have a conversation with you? And I said, I have a question that I'm wrestling with. And he said, what is that, young man? I said, why has God blessed me so? Because I don't think I'm a good guy. And he said, that's the number one question of my ministry. People from all over the world contact me with that question. And I tell him this. Because number one, God has showed favor on you and grace upon you. Number two, because your parents prayed for you, your neighbors prayed for you, your friends prayed for you. So you may be right. You may not deserve all that you have. But because they prayed for you and God loved you before you knew yourself and laid favor and grace upon you, he's blessed you. And you will continue to be blessed once you realize, and clearly you have, that it's not you. Thank you for that. You talked about the breaks, yeah? You got some breaks. But when you get up, when opportunity shows up, yeah? Or a potential break falls in your, in your lap, how do you and how did you capitalize on that and make the most of it? And who was, who was, who was influential in them breaks and opportunities for you? Well, I think you always have to prepare yourself, all right? And I think, you know, that's why education is so important. Uh, that's why relationship is so important uh, because when things happen, you want to be able to know what to do when it falls in your lap per se. Uh, and if you don't know exactly, you want to have relationships with people you can call and ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in the business a, a good while, Lewis. Like you're in, you know, you're, you know, you're president of media sales for BET Network for how long, how long have you been in that role? 
36 and a half years. 26 and a half years with the BET network. And in specifically that role, has, have, has that changed within the network for you? Is that how long you've been well, in that? Well, well, I've been president for 22 of those 36 years. Wow. Right, this is a question I have to ask. And I bet you, I, I know you're going to be asked this before, right? Um, longevity in a career in one area. Like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, you know, walking on me and I just reflect on 15 years. Um, and I'm, I'm really intrigued by this as well. Um, how did how what what, is, what was important for you? What were the things that you did um, to continue to have that fire, continue to have that passion, and continue to be you know impactful in your role for um, that long period of time? Well, I would say is reinvent myself over and over and over again. Uh, it could be evolution or revolution. Uh, there was a futurist here in the U.S by the name of Alvin Toffler. And uh, he worked with government. He worked with Fortune 500 companies. And he made a statement that uh, the, the ignorance, ignorant of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write. It won't be those people who are ignorant in the 21st century. It would be those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. I just love that so much. So basically he said, it will be educated people who cannot evolve and reinvent themselves that will be the ignorant of the 21st century, not poor people. Wow. That's something. It's it's something now. You've blown my mind. That's such that's such an incredible way of thinking, and it's and it actually rings true, you know. But reinventing is also a scary thing for people as well because we love to we're people of habits, and and when things are steady and things are going well, that's okay. It kind of goes back to your good and great though as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, because you can be always good, and good is you know. And stable. it'll get you through. Yeah, it'll get you through. It'll get you the paycheck. It'll do that, and it'll keep you. It'll keep you going. But where do you take that next step? You know, to do that. When did this kind of really, you know, hone in for you, uh, Lewis, about reinventing? And can you even picture back about how that that first kind of little step sideways or or up or what what it looked like? Well, I, I was always fascinated, Mick, with successful people. You know. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say that's why you're talking to me, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's why I'm talking to you all. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just fascinated. And when you talk to successful people, you just kind of automatically learn things. And the thing that most successful people have in common is this word called growth. They focus on growth. And it's not just growth of their bank accounts. It's not just growth of their revenue if they're in business. It's growth in life. It's the things that they learn along their journey. It's the things that help them mature and things that help them evolve and the things that help them think differently and accept different cultures and different people. It's that life growth. On my office window in New York, it's it's sort of a, 
the bubble thing, the glass bubble. I have the word growth in about two feet high lever, level uh, letters on the glass, just growth. And it's so interesting how intimidating that word is. People look at it all day long, walk past it all day long. I see them staring like, what is that? Right? <laughs> but no one has ever asked me about it. No one. No one. We got to, well, the secret's out now, Hope. Don't let you stop <laughs> listening to this, Lewis. Don't let them listen to this podcast. But that's Now, incredible. they asked my assistant, what does he get that on there for? What is that about? But they have never asked me. And she tells them, don't ask me. Ask him. You know, I don't think you're an intimidating guy, Lewis. I can't imagine you, your door's not open. What if they did ask you? What would your answer be? It's not what you think. This is about growth, personal growth in your own life. It's about growing your knowledge. It's about growing your patience. It's about growing your acceptance of other cultures and other people. It's about having this thirst of life that you're trying to learn all you can and what all life offers you. That's the growth that will help you in all aspects of your life. I mean, have you ever went to a different country and hung around different people and all your preconceived notions that you thought were wrong? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you feel like, oh, damn. You just feel dumb. You just feel dumb. But after that experience, you start to study. You, you start to understand. This is like the first time I went to Europe, and I realized that most of the people in the world who only uh, know one language are Americans. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, most people who live in other countries are multilingual. I mean, they can speak multiple languages, not just two, three, four, five, all right? And that's because of their interaction and exchange in different cultures. Yeah. So as you continue to feed your knowledge, you continue to grow. So our, our slogan at Waymaker Journal is grow your life and change the world. Oh, I love that too. It's powerful. Wick wrote as well, I've heard this from you. So I'm going to requote you as well on this one. Yeah. And um, you talk about to grow, you need to be able to operate in the uncomfortable. Yes. Can you break that down for me a little bit? Well, with any time you learn new things, it's uncomfortable. I use the example. If you're right-handed and you break that right hand, Usually you're going to be in a cast anywhere from eight to 12 weeks, right? That's just a normal period of time, depending on how bad the break, but it's usually a minimum of eight weeks in that cast. So your hand, your arm is in that cast. You still got a free hand. You learn to do other things with that free hand, don't you? But initially it's very uncomfortable. The first week you try to sign your name with your left hand, you can't recognize it. You don't know what it is. It gets a little better that second week. It gets better that third week. But those first, second, and third weeks are what? 
uncomfortable. By week four, you're not even thinking about it anymore. You just pick up a pen and you sign it. But the first three weeks were uncomfortable. That's what I mean by learning new things can be uncomfortable, but you have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And in BET uh, Network and, and, you know, how you lead and your team and, and, and your people, how do you ensure that they grow? And how do you ensure that in their moments of uncomfortable that you're there to kind of not tell them what to do, you know, but to be there to help them through that so they can see themselves what they've done? Well, first of all, I make sure they understand that's my job. It's not like a side job. It's my job. (laughs) It's my main job, all right, to help them grow as individuals and also to help them grow revenue. And in order to do that, they know it's my philosophy, my motto, my style. I'm going to force you into uncomfortable places. I use this example, Nick. World-class athletes leave their home, their country to go to coaches all over the world that make them uncomfortable, all right? Just think about that. You leave where you're most comfortable to go to a coach whose number one job is to push you beyond what you think you can do. And in every Olympics, Mick, when that athlete crosses the line first, second, third, or whatever, the first person he looks for, it's not his parents, not his girlfriend, boyfriend. He looks for that coach because that's the person who believed before he or she even believed. It's so true. It's so, that is so true. And being in that uncomfortable space, like I do it a bit, and it, it's not like it, it's it can be quite scary. But what really gives me comfort is is in the fact that I know what you've just spoke about, that I know it's growth. And I always think of well, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? Like, if you know, well, obviously things can happen in, in business. If you do the wrong thing, if you're too uncomfortable and that. But I always comes back to the fact that if you're trying something new and if you're trying to grow yourself and that and you are uncomfortable and there's something telling you it's it's like a it's the irony of it. It's it's telling you that this is good. You know, right. but in that moment, you got to fight through that and um, to continue to go forward and not revert back. I, I heard someone the other day, Mick, say, you know, always reach for the moon. And even if you miss it, you'll still be among the stars. <laughs> you could just write a book on quotes there, Lewis. Or what? You're just bringing the gold. You just bring the gold. Uh, yeah, that's, in, that's so true, isn't it? And it's how you look at it as well. And, and I think that's, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you also look, I, I'm, I look just looking at the time, and I just want to cover a few little quick things with you as well, because, you know, you, you are a man who pays it forward in lots of ways, yeah? Um, can you tell me a little bit about your foundation with your interns as well? Because I, I, I love this sure. around employment. I'm big into around employment and helping people, but I love this with your internship. Can you just explain a little bit what you do there? Sure, sure, Mick. First of all, I, I didn't want to go to college. 
uh, and uh, I, I, I lucked up and was an all-American athlete. All right, and and I could go to college for free. All right, <laughs> <laughs> you ran to college. You ran to college. I ran to college, and uh, when I got in school, uh, uh, my coaches told me I had to have an internship. I didn't even know what that was, but it was an internship. So uh, I ended up working at uh, a local radio station. And it was a great experience. And when I got out of school, first thing people asked me, where did you intern? Why are they asking me that? Uh, and I would tell them. And they were like, oh, what did you do there? And what I don't think a lot of students realize, if, if you don't have any real work experience, all right, which most don't because they went to school, right? So they're not unless they went to school and work, but most are just going to school. So that internship does a lot for you. It teaches you, number one, what you may not ever want to do in your life. Like, oh, that's horrible. I'm never going to do that. And it also gives you an opportunity to find out what you want to do in life. And then the next thing is it teaches you some basic fundamental skills, everything from discipline, how to show up in the workplace, how to be responsible for being on time. And as I tell a lot of my interns, it gives you stamina to work eight hours a day, all right? Because you usually <laughs> take a nap in the afternoon when you're in college, okay? <laughs> so it teaches you some of those basic fundamentals that sort of, it's part of your fundamental foundation for life as you get that sort of what I say, college diploma, in my opinion, which is the key to the stadium of life. So that's why internships are so important because it, it sort of helps you build your foundation. And your internships um, would be helping, you know, young people of color who have, you know, maybe don't have that, um, that path in front of them. Maybe it's a bit more difficult, whether it's to do with socially economic background and so forth yes. as well. And I think that's what I love about it as well, because sometimes, you know, it's terrible when you can look at something you want, but you feel it's unreachable. Right. Yeah. But and you're making and we try to get some of those obstacles out the way. You know, most students of color can't afford to work free. They need to be paid because, you know, they, they need to try to generate money to help them in school, whether that's for books or for travel, whatever the case may be. So they need to be paid. So we wanted to make sure that students who came into the Lewis Carr Foundation were able to get money for the hours that they were spending at these different employers. I wanted to ask you about this as well. Like you're talking about obviously the students. Well, what does it do for the employers? Because I bet you have to do a bit of work with them as well. Yeah, it's not just the young. Well, it's not just what, the what it does for the employer. It clearly helps them. Uh, in multiple ways. It helps them understand culture. It helps them understand Gen Zers. It helps them understand and adapt uh, to people of different backgrounds. So it helps them in their diversity uh, and inclusion efforts. And it also exposes them to young talent for the future. So I think it helps in multiple ways. So it's a two-way street. Can I pinch in a few minutes off you, Lewis, to ask you a couple of questions, yeah? And then, and then sure. I'll, I'll let you get on with your, your weekend because you've been so generous. 
when you talk about diversity and inclusion with you know you know companies and corporates and so forth how do you support them and to make sure that it is not just down the order that it is front and center of a company's dna well i think you have to help companies understand the value to them when anything happens that is different that they're not comfortable or used to what value do they get out of it and with a diverse workforce you have a different type of thought leadership all right because they're bringing a different type of experience to the workplace all right they're bringing a different culture to the workplace and remember my motto is the more you learn the more you grow your life the more you grow your life the more you change the world so i hire people who are different than me intentionally i'm i'm enough all by myself all right don't need no more of this okay <laughs> That, that would be a disaster. I don't know. I think a few more of you would be okay. <laughs> that, that would be a disaster. <laughs> so we, you know, I want to bring people who have different thought processes, different backgrounds, uh, different culture, different experience. When you put that difference in a room, oh my God, oh my God, you talk about power. You, you talk about energy, you talk about knowledge. You just think about it. You bring three people in the room that only speak English, and then you bring three people in a room that speaks four or five different languages. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You've sort of energized that room with knowledge and culture and behavior. So I think you know employers have to learn that it's not a loss, it's an additive. Yeah. When you bring a difference in the room, it's additive. And do you see a, a real change and a real shift in this in corporate America at present? It's slow. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's slow. Uh, because people still believe that one group will lose something if they add another group. That's big enough. It? Yeah. They still believe that. So we have to help people see the value and not it's one person, it's the whole. How does the whole benefit from diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, love that. Lewis, um, what's next kind of, you know, for you? And you're gonna write, you, you, you've got two books, so when's the next one coming out, mate? Are you done with books? That's, that's you, 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 you're done with them, mate. I reckon that's a bit of a process. So uh, I can see by your reaction there, you're, you're getting hard, hard pulled for Well, well there, there will be another one, Nick. There will be another one. Uh, but, but right now, I'm focused on, on a magazine called Waymaker, all right? Yeah, okay, that's your baby. Okay, so yeah. So where, so where, where are we going with Waymaker? What's the next steps for this one, Lewis? So, you know, Currently, right now, we, we have four platforms. We, we have Waymaker Journal. Uh, we have Waymaker, the podcast. Uh, we have Waymaker YouTube uh, that sits on the Culture Genesis platform. 
uh, and we have Waymaker uh, Summit. That was previously the Blueprint Summit, and I'm changing the name to the Waymaker Summit. So we want to be able to engage and impact people wherever they are. So our strength is we're going to meet you wherever you are, whatever level, whatever education, whatever income. We're going to meet you there with knowledge, inspiration, motivation that we believe will help you get to the next level. And if we continually do that on a consistent basis, we believe that the people who have that experiential waymaker will have the resources and the desire to grow their life and change the world. Beautifully said. And, you know, I'm not going to ask any more questions because I think that's the way you should finish. That was, uh, yeah, um, great. Um, Lewis, um, you talked about pay it forward. Um, well, I'm going to ask you, my friend, to pay it forward. So, uh, um, so this podcast, as you know, you were nominated by um, someone else, being Ziad Ahmed, um, at that time. So my, my you know, podcast is, is aimed to, you know, go from one guest to the next and, and to just really have these amazing conversations and share them with the audience and that global audience. And, and I'm hoping that people will, you know, really feel, you know, what people are talking about and, and just take that forward themselves in conversations or maybe change their mindset. So, you know, the objective is from get to one to, to, to Barack Obama, whether that takes, you know, how many, I don't, I don't mind. It's just because in between how many great stories do I get to, to share? So for you, you don't have to say a name now, uh, Lewis, but I'm ready. Know, Oh, what? I, I, well, like, you know what? Some just go, don't put me on the spot. But I had a feeling you've got something already. All right. So, all right. So, so who are you going to nominate for me to speak to next? Uh, her name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. Yep. Uh, she is a marketer, but her cause is called the Sunrise Project. It is a project that focuses on mental illness. And I'm going to let you look it up. Yeah. They have a website. It's called Sunrise, but it's S-O-N-R-I-S-E. Right. The Sunrise Project. And okay. her name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. She's the founder. I, I should never have doubted that you wouldn't have a name, Lewis Carr. Yeah, yeah, you got a you got a heap of them there. Oh, I got a few. I got yeah? a few. Yeah, I reckon I could just finish with you and just go, "Hey, Lewis, give us twenty names there. Let me go." Yeah, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I could talk to you for hours, Lewis, and I'm sure a lot of people say that to you because um, your wisdom and uh, your warmth is absolutely contagious. Yeah, I feel very blessed to be able to spend my Saturday morning, your Friday afternoon, um, just having a bit of a, a bit of a chat. Thank you. This has been great. And I'm wishing you all the best. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, share, or even leave a comment. You can follow me on Instagram at Mick23Cronin. This podcast was produced and edited by Mick Cronin.